And it's Ari Rosenbaum here with another fun-filled episode of that Quarantine Podcast. This week we're going to talk about um, why 401k plants really should care about their 401k plan. But of course, first things first, um, got some events coming up in September. We've got a 401k virtual bunch on uh, June, I believe it should be June the 3rd, 4 p.m. Eastern. Uh, we're going to talk to uh, the head guru for PEPs and MEPs at uh, the 401k, uh, the, uh, the uh, TRA, uh, the Retirement Advantage, um, so uh, that should be a fun event. Um, also, we, of course, are going to have live in-person, vir- uh, live in-person, not virtual events, but live in-person, that 401k conference in September. September 10th, we will be at Bush Stadium in St. Louis, Missouri. September 24th, we will be at Target Field in Minneapolis. Those are both Fridays and a special Wednesday edition of that 401k conference. September 29th, Houston, Texas, Planet Houston at Minute Maid Park. Uh, and then before that, we looks like we will have a networking event that we will call it that 401k networking event. It's open up to... You know, all occupations, attorneys, doctors, uh, uh, ditch diggers, um, judges, uh, all that kind of stuff. Um, And it will be a game against the Atlanta Braves Wednesday, uh, July 28th. Uh, Details will be soon on that 4 site.com. It's $150 to get a ticket, get some food, and sit in the Honda Club. Of course, with the COVID precautions, we will determine how many seats we will be, you know, how many tickets we'll have. Uh, we bought 75. We'll see whether we will get 75. I think right now it will just be 25, but we'll see what happens uh, between now and then. Um, of course, you know, when I booked the September events, I'm like, ah, I think we'll get out of it. And I know that we certainly will be getting out of uh, COVID. And, um, I'm certainly looking forward to that. Um, but let's get to today's topic. Um, when we had that 401k virtual bunch, with, uh, I, I still call him Professor Raskin, but Congressman Jamie Raskin, we alluded uh, to some of the issues that I had at law school. And when I was law, at law school at American University, um, Congressman Raskin is probably the only person I could talk to, especially in the administration. Uh, I was very jaded about things, um, and, and and again, Congressman Raskin alluded to it. You know, Congressman Raskin said, you know, I wanted the law school to live up to, you know, its claims and lived up to what it built itself at. And uh, I was quite adamant that the law school was just not very honest with the problems that were affecting it. Um, when it came time to, you know, some of the issues, and, and I was extremely uh, bitter, and I was jaded, um, sounds familiar, but anyway, I was the editor-in-chief of the uh, news magazine over there called The American Jurist, and rather than be passive-aggressive, or just rather just being hypercritical, I would be very critical to school and offering concrete solutions for them. And uh, that year, that was 1996-97, uh, 
in the uh, summer of 1996, there was a. Fr I I think you know you you, you the buildup was was great, but it was a really bomb of a movie. It was the Robert De Niro movie, The Fan, where he played a crazy San Francisco Giants fan, and he was a stalker. Uh, Wesley Snipes was the San Francisco Giant. It was a famous, I, to me, that movie had that famous line where it's like, now do you care? Maybe just a little bit. And, um, you know, my comments and, you know, criticism, you know, didn't go over very well over there. Um, kind of reminds me of uh, the industry as well. I mean, I, I think that some of the uh, criticisms of my uh, diatribes about the retirement plan industry is no different than my diatribes about law school. People were saying that my criticism was bad for business, and my criticism was bad for the law school, and made the law school look bad. And somehow my articles would get people uh, to go to other law schools and uh, scare them away. And um, you know, it's no surprise that you know we, uh, we we talk about it all the time. But you know, I am the turn in that punch bowl, and I guess that's where it kind of started. Um, you know, I, I exposed some problems that were issues, um, you know, and, and, you know, that was certainly an issue and, and problems for people who wanted to only think nice and happy thoughts. And it's funny, you can graduate, that's 1997, it's almost 25 years later, uh, I will have people on Facebook that I'm friends with um, from law school that I never, you know, talked to them about some of the issues of law school. And, and there, there's one particular recently, she says, uh, she was a fellow law student. She's like, you know, I really took comfort from your writings. Um, you were, you know, right on about things. And it was funny. Uh, a year after I graduated, I, I take my tax LLM at Boston University. Uh, I was sitting for the California bar, which was my third bar exam in a row. Because uh, you get, you know, there's always a, uh, a February sitting and a July sitting. So July 97 took New York, passed. February 98 took Massachusetts, passed. Now it's taking California. And I was taking it with people from my law school who were taking it for the third time. Um, and one of them basically said to me, you know, Ari, you were right. Um, and, uh, you know, you take comfort for that. But I always kind of knew that I was right. But uh, that's a whole nother story. And, uh, uh, you know, when it comes to being upset with criticism and all that stuff, I kind of tell the uh, what I think uh, is the honest truth. Um, the problem sometimes is that the truth um, stings. And, you know, one of the things that really sting is that 401k plan sponsors really need to care about their plan. And unfortunately, they, they often do not. Um, you know, the, the fact is, is that, you know, 401k plans are a hidden danger for plan sponsors. They are a liability threat that, you know, too many of them ignore. Uh, you know, as an employer, they need to realize that 401k plan is not only attractive benefit used to recruit and retain employees, but unlike other types of benefit on the job, like, you know, the, the gym discount or the free coffee, uh, a 401k plan has liability pitfalls that come with it. And I, I want to point out something with my writing. When we talk about employee benefits, uh, Mike, Mike Webb will, will laugh at this, but um, I always mention free coffee, free milk and free coffee. This time, I, I, I don't mention, uh, I always mention free coffee, but 
Uh, free milk is al always important too because I work for a third-party administration firm and every year the health insurance got worse and worse. They changed providers to save money so you go from one year from like Blue Cross to like an Oxford plan or whatever but you know the 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 costs always were increased uh, the benefits were decreased they moved our 401k plan to another provider because that other provider was complaining we weren't bringing them enough assets because uh, uh, we were not on their side um, but uh, well, what I find what I what, what the whole joke about the milk and coffee is so it wasn't the greatest place to work at I think people had very jaded attitudes about it it wasn't a fun place to be with benefits were very limiting we were benefits firm and we didn't get very good benefits but what was really funny was the only time people ever complained about anything was the time they removed the free milk for the coffee so that's why I always talk about milk and coffee but anyway, a 401k plan is a liability pitfall. Um, and of course, plan sponsors have a fiduciary duty um, to the employees. And, you know, obviously being a fiduciary has the highest duty of care in law and equity. Um, and liability could result in, in personal liability um, for the people that are identified as fiduciaries. And, you know, plan sponsors, yeah, they should care about their money, but they should have a higher duty of care when handling the money of other people. Um, I understand that, you know, plan sponsors don't exactly have a lot of time, but the problem is that neglecting a 401k plan is only going to put them in harm's way. A 401k plan is, is like health. Um, you know, if you neglect it, you have to deal with crippling long-term issues. Um, and that's why I always joke sometimes that the person who must have said the, coined the term, that the road to hell is paved with good intentions, must have been a 401k plan sponsor of, of some kind. Uh, setting up a 401k plan is, you know, in my opinion, a great idea, but too many plans, uh, plan sponsors uh, ultimately read it, and they ultimately read it when they've ignored the plan. Uh, thanks to the requirements set forth by the Internal Revenue Code and RISA, Plan sponsors really can't have that kind of set it forget mentality. Uh, mentality, I'm sorry, and you know, plan sponsors really need to understand that you know putting a plan, uh, they need to always review the plan. Uh, they can't be a spectator. I, there's a kind of a, a saying that I have, and, and it, it will probably be a chapter in my third book, which eventually I'll get to. Um, and the book's really about, you know, life lessons that I've learned. And, and I think one of the big life lessons that I, I've coined the term is you can't afford to be a spectator in your own life. Uh, you need to be involved. And 4K plan sponsors can't be a spectator. They need to be an engaged participant, it's very easy to see things on the sideline, but plan sponsors really can't afford it. Um, you know, hiring plan pro providers isn't really enough because, you know, unless a plan sponsor delegates a fiduciary liability to one or more plan providers, they're going to still be on the hook for liability. And, of course, the best that plan sponsors could do is to minimize that liability. Uh, they can never really completely eliminate it, even if they hire a 338 fiduciary. They're still responsible for hiring that 338 fiduciary, so if they hired... 
you know, uh, a 316 administrator like a Jeff Ritchie who, from Vantage Benefits who's now sitting in federal prison. Uh, it's still negligent hiring, and they still could have some sort of liability. You know, to me, you know, I talk about health, um, you know, a 401k plan, um, you know, uh, it's the same way as, you know, taking care of your teeth, uh, brushing your teeth, uh, uh, taking, you know, uh, using good practices. It's going to go a long way in protecting harm later down the path. Um, you know, I look at my dental thing, you know, my dental experiences. I've had one cavity all my life, um, you know, not having a lot of extensive root canals and, and, and who knows what and, you know, I know too many people that have had to, you know, uh, just go through so much of dental work. Um, but, you know, like I said, good practices go a long way in kind of eliminating uh, some harm. And, of course, you know, I think a big difference maker is obviously, you know, hiring a good TPA uh, because you need a good, vigilant TPA, a 401k plan sponsor, by hiring them will obviously help in the day-to-day -day plan administration and handle the compliance in an incompetent manner at a reasonable fee. And a, a good TPA just goes a long way in helping a plan sponsor through the compliance end, as well as assisting them in plan design issues that could help maximize tax deductions and employer contributions to the highly compensated employees. Um, you know, obviously, it's uh, really important to... Um, Hire a good CPA, uh, not because they're the cheapest, not because they're your you know payroll provider, all that kind of stuff. Um, as far as threats go, um, I was talking the story uh, years ago when I first met James Holland. We met each other really through the Facebook, not Facebook, the LinkedIn groups, in commenting in articles and whatnot. Uh, the LinkedIn groups aren't as utilized as they once were. Um, LinkedIn kind of phased them out, quite honestly. But, you know, James Hall and I, we would talk about fiduciary concerns and whatnot. And there was this guy who, uh, he was, he, he was somebody who wasn't even really in the business. He was somebody who used to advise brokers. His name was Elmer. And he would say that James Hall and I were selling fear because no 401k plan sponsors would no small, medium-sized 4K plan sponsors were being sued, and James and I suggested that um, that that would change. And of course, we were right. Um, but you know, the fact is, is that when we talk about litigation, for small, medium-sized employers, the biggest threat obviously isn't a lawsuit. Yes, you know, the Chevrons, the Fidelities. The oracles of the world are going to be sued because they are large enough to be sued. Um, small, you know, the, the small electrical contractor that only has five employees uh, isn't going to be in so much trouble. Um, you know, the, there have been some small lawsuits over the years. Uh, you know, small plans being sued, but they're, they're few and far between. The greatest threat out there for a 401k plan sponsor is an audit from the IRS and, and or the Department of Labor. I've had too much problems uh, with certain plan sponsors and issues that are going on. Uh, the real reason why the IRS and the DOL is more of a threat because it's more of an occurrence 
They both are governmental agencies that use an audit process to make sure that a plan voluntarily complies with the Charter of Code and ERISA. Um, and of course, um, that's not the only reason they do audits. Sometimes there's an audit because of a complaint made to the Department of Labor or the IRS. Uh, you know, um, the government will audit a plan for a certain period of time, usually on, you know, a certain 5,500. And the problem with, you know, the audits is that a lot of errors are often undetected until uh, an auditor detects it. Uh, and unfortunately, that's not the best, you know, way um, for 401k plan sponsors to realize these errors because uh, you will have an agent that may penalize that 401k plan sponsor. And there may be a written agreement that has to be done with the government to correct errors. Uh, correcting plan errors through self-correction or a voluntary correction program is far cheaper than any penalty lodged than lodging them through a plan audit. So it's advised that 401k plan sponsors can use a voluntary compliance program, uh, review you know, their plan to detect any errors and, and be proactive rather than be reactive because again, it's far more costly for errors to be detected on an audit than it is through um, a plan sponsor on their own and having the plan sponsor have the ability to uh, make a uh, submission to the uh, Voluntary Compliance Program. Uh, in terms of uh, errors, the most common error is the most common activity. And the most common error right now is the late deposits of salad deferrals. Uh, years ago, the 401k plans would rely on the Department of Labor's guidance that um, there was some sort of safe harbor uh, that uh, salary deferrals from a participant's paycheck had to be deposited on the 15th day of the following month. And that guidance was issued when 401k plans really first came into existence in the 1980s. Uh, and remember, in the 1980s and, and, and still through the 1990s, Everything was done by paper, especially paper checks to deposit salary deferrals. You know, I worked for a TPA, and even in the 2000s, uh, Manny would sit in his office uh, going through FedEx envelopes with uh, checks from employers. He didn't like ACH for some reason. Of course, you know, that's been replaced by ACH, and that's one of the reasons that the Department of Labor reinterpreted the regulations and said you can't you really use that 15th day of the following month, it has to be in as soon as possible, no later than the 15th day of the following month. And pretty much you can't use that 15th day of the following month safe harbor anymore because there's really no excuse as to why uh, a plan sponsor can't get in that money in within three business days or, you know, by the next payroll or whatever it is. Whatever it is. Uh, it's all about reasonableness and activity and, and all that kind of stuff. And the problem is, is that more 4K, most 4K plan sponsors, you know, didn't know about the rule change because of a lack of communication from their plan providers or a forgetfulness on their side to comply. And the problem with being late for depositing deferrals in a 4K plan, uh, 4K plan sponsors are, are never late once. They're late more than once. And, uh, you know, uh, it's it's... Even on my end, it's a big part of my practice. I, I hate late deposit 
corrections because you're dealing with the Department of Labor in terms of information. You have to provide them with an earnings calculator and proof that you actually made the deposit. And, uh, it's just not a fun mistake. And the problem is, is that you have a lot of 401k plan sponsors that say, you know what, let's correct it on our own. I'm not going to make a filing with the Department of Labor. The problem is, is that it's on a Form 5500, a 401k plan sponsor. Uh, on the Form 5500, has to answer under penalties of perjury whether they have late deferrals or not. And if they do have late deferrals and they didn't go through the Department of Labor Voluntary Correction Program, then the Department of Labor will eventually contact the plan sponsor and ask them that they do that. And if they don't do that, um, you know, that's obviously a problem. They will get a letter from the Department of Labor and say, you know what, uh, we noticed that you had late deferral deposits, uh, but we realized that you didn't apply to, their to, to our program, and, and, and maybe you should. And uh, I don't like letters from the Department of Labor. don't like letters from the IRS, and that's why I always recommend uh, that uh, the plan sponsor, when they have late deferrals, to submit through the DOL's Voluntary Fiduciary Compliance Program and, and pay the excise tax on the Form 5330. And, uh, you know, uh, on 45500 for the 401k plan, you know, it's important that uh, plan sponsors, um, you know, again, answer uh, whether they have late deferral deposits, and, and, and it's important for them to correct it through the voluntary fiduciary compliance program. And uh, it's, it's something that, you know, so simple, yet so many plan sponsors end up doing it incorrectly, so that's why I think it's extremely important. I hope that you enjoyed uh, this episode of that 4K podcast. Um, you know, it's just one of those things uh, that 4K plan sponsors do need to realize that they need to care about their 4K plans. So uh, until next week, I uh, have a great week, and hope you guys tune in next week. Thanks so much. Bye.